0: Hey, what's up? Hello? Hello?
1: Um, so you can hear me loud and clear?
0: Uh, I can hear you now.
1: Okay, so yeah. So um, today... I wanted to just get a more general uh, feel for the podcast. I'm doing a lot of different segments with different people. i doing like music with Liddy. I'm doing uh, writing Wednesdays with uh, column. Uh, I want us to really set ourselves apart. We're, we're, we're talking politics. You know, we're trying to do this as often as possible. So, especially with all the things going on um, in the government, what's going on with the election. A bunch of political changes happening here in the United States. So, we want to really... Um, we really want to uh, help to, to steer the, the discussion in the right direction because I feel like a lot of people are being misled or they're, they're being run out of fear and they're responding out of fear and out of, out of you know, uh, hate. I feel like um, me and Trevor, uh, we we're very studious people. We really um, like to, to mold our minds and really um, like to question things. So we have these lively discussions on politics that we want to share with all of you. Um, I think it would be good to start off with uh, what is the right, what is the left you know, what is being a democrat and being a republican I think that's something that people don't understand these days so uh, I'm going to go ahead and you know, let you speak a little bit on that Trevor
0: alright so what do you want me to discuss first
1: um, so okay how did the two party system come about
0: uh, the two party system's been around for a very long time. Uh, you had George Washington, who was he, he was really the only uh, the really, or he was he was the only uh, partyless president. After after Washington, uh, there was uh, the two party system got set up. Because, uh, political parties are basically special interest groups that give that give uh, voters more power and uh, the the problem right now with political parties is that they're not very different they they propound or they or they they come off as being different like on camera but they're really not very different when it comes down to it so it's almost as if we have a one party system
1: I can see that. It's I feel like a lot of it comes down to the illusion of choice because, um, like you said, it's special interest groups. It's like saying um, Group A sees that, you know, his, his people around him, they love mangoes. So he's like, you know what? Let me, let me go make sure you got everyone gets more mangoes. And then you got Group B over here. It's like, you know you know what? People like bananas around them. Let's make sure everyone gets more bananas. So that becomes their campaign. That becomes their agenda. That becomes their special interest. And But at the end of the day, they're just two regular people. They just found a motive, they found an agenda, they found something to, to feed to the people, to, to motivate them, to put them in that position of power. Because, you know, you can you have to make a claim for power, for authority. If you wanna be in a position where you can start shaping how people's lives are run, what politics policies is, you have to tell people, you know, that you're gonna give them something, you're gonna reward them with something. At the end of the day, really just uh, blown out of proportions manipulation you know like uh, a lot of the things that you know we're always talking about change we're talking about we're going to fix this fix that at the end of the day nothing's really broken you know some things are pretty broken but a lot of times people are just you know they're, they're shaping it for their own special interest at the end of the day we need to realize um that we need to really do what's best for everybody but you can't well,
0: yeah that comes out of socialism yeah uh, well our 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 uh, founders they set up our system of government to only do what is necessary like government isn't it, it, government was never supposed to or at least our government was never s- supposed to do everything that's doing now like especially our federal government our federal government was was just created to uh, uh to uh regulate uh inter interstate commerce to make sure that one state and the other state uh have uh they have like this they're on the same page economically like it wasn't the government was never supposed to or the federal government was never supposed to be involved in things like regulating. The, uh, the, the household chemicals we have and uh, basically the federal government's gotten into its it's violated every part of our life and if you well, look into I, it you will see
1: I think what that stems from also is that the uh, corporations like you said a government was meant to uh, monitor uh, interstate trade so when corporations started becoming you know uh, populous over different areas, started branching out and really expanding going national um, the government obviously that you know uh, try to try to regulate that trade but the corporations were so wealthy they started buying out the government so I guess um, really what really it comes down to is government has always been assisting corporations because corporations are just businessmen businessmen are just people that that know how to how to get into positions of power and authority through um, through convincing people of, of sales Businessmen, politicians, almost the same thing, you know. Um, so it's not just a government; it's also these these um, corporations that we we feed into. Um, it goes hand in hand, you know. Well, uh, what do you think about?
0: well, what people need to understand about about corporations is that uh, when when this. When the United States was founded, there were no international corporations. It wasn't until the 1970s that international corporations existed, uh, the multi-billion-dollar industries. But it wasn't until the 1900s that uh, that the governor that a lot of these industrialists started getting like super rich and started creating monopolies. Monopolies are created. And these these corporations get so big because of uh, because of the state. The the they they basically or these industrialists in the 1900s, like the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers, they and the Ford or and the Fords they created, or they they, they, they hooked up with government and they had government do their bidding, and you know that they feed off of one another. It's gotten to the point where corporations and government beat off of one another. They're in collusion. So we don't even have a really have a free market capitalist system. We have a sort of like semi free, but, uh, but more like mercantile system. And it's starting to, the government's gotten so involved in businesses now that it, I mean, it, I would say that it's starting to resemble socialism a lot more because the government has so much say in all these companies. It's almost as if they're starting to own the means of production.
1: Yeah, so I feel like there's there's a way we can um, put a stop to that is through boycotting. I feel like not enough people are willing to unite for long enough to boycott this company because you know I, I would say what it makes a difference people have seen that the, the Lexus system is great to, to, to perform a certain way and obviously our money is where we really have a lot of consumer power but you know it's very hard to get a large enough group of people to get it to affect corporations like that um, what would you suggest to, to kind of de- starting to decrease these corporate monopolies and start, are starting to really make a change against them. How can we really reverse the damage that's been done to our economy?
0: You have to get the government out of the economy. Govern- people mistake the government for, for, uh, for the economy. And they're two separate entities. Government wasn't supposed to regulate uh, uh, the economy like it is. It wasn't supposed to be printing money. And, and investing in the stock market on Wall Street, the, the quantitative easing that was really prevalent during the Bush and Obama administration. that's not how that's not how our, our, that's not how our, or how our country was, was set up. If we would have done what the founding fathers had said and kept government limited, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be happening. A corporation couldn't exist without the state because it's a legal entity uh, it's, it's a gr- it's basically like a group of people who come together uh, to to invest stocks and in certain things create a company and this bond is protected by the state so if the state didn't exist like an, say like an anarch- anarcho capitalist society there would be no there would be no corporate multinational corporations like we have them now but uh, what my suggestion would be would, uh, to we, if, if we really, we have, we have a, to decide what we want to do as a nation. And it, it appears to me that people want the state to take care of them from cradle to grave. Uh, but if, if, if we decide to go the other way, if we want, if we want freedom and prosperity, and we want to direct our own lives, and live as a free people and we really need to get rid of a lot of this government that we have, especially the federal government. Allow allow the state and local governments to do a lot of the things that are necessary rather than the federal government.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that because most of the time I'm saying government, I was thinking specifically the federal government. Cause for like um, there sta- still needs to be a sort of, you know, like I said, state-run government to where you, you can control things like you know uh, poisoning or people that you know are, are people that try s- uh, sketchy businesses or you still need some form of government to, to help you know keep an eye on the people. But the federal government is an overreach. You know, the federal government is you know getting too it's getting too involved to the point where you know everything they do and these we're paying these people basically just to to. Find ways for them to get richer. And it, it's, I feel like on a state-run level, if you have a more local economy, having a more local uh, government, I feel like we'd also be more involved because you know, without, without having to worry about you know, entering to the, to the government, to the, to the nation, and just worrying about who's your government, who's your mayor, who's your president, your state, who's who's, who's running your state, you know, who's running the this, this stuff that's going on that's affecting your house, the people that are affecting you know your your elections, the people that are really actually affecting your justice system in your state, I feel like that's what we need to focus on. That way we can bring that community back together. Because I feel like having a federal government, um, it seems like a dis- distant authority is reaching into our lives, and we're we're unsure of why it's happening. But we're putting our blind trust into it. It's reality. Oh it's- yeah, yeah.
0: You're you're so right about that. Uh, and it was like that until the '50s. Uh, for some reason, like during the 1960s or, the, or late 1950s, early 1960s, people decided that the federal government should have more of a role in their life. Uh, I'm am guessing that it's because during the 60s, 50s, and 60s, there was there were communist there was a communist infiltration of our political system. A lot of people don't know this because they weren't taught it in school, but. Uh, uh, an Italian communist named Antonio Gromsky, he wrote, a, he wrote a piece of literature while he was in prison uh, called The Prison Diary, or The Prison Notebook, and in it he explains why the communist revolution failed, uh, why the workers of the world did not unite, and he came to the conclusion that because it was because of Western institutions uh, people were too loyal to Western institutions like their churches and their families and their social... or their, their traditional gender roles and their patriotism and nationalism. And that's why they didn't unite during World War One. They instead decided to fight one another. But, uh, but basically, Antonio Gromsky created this uh, this sort of mentality were communists rather than having a revolution a straight up revolution they would infiltrate our society through the universities through churches through government through hollywood yeah you know, and and they created a system where or they they what they've done is rather than changing the economic system like up front, they've turned our culture into a marxist culture it's called cultural marxism and because is marxism marxism is is the uh it's the theory set out by Karl marx that uh shit. that uh that there's a there's sort of this class struggle going on between the working class and the uh the capitalist class and he believed that uh, that if you if you got rid of private property rights then people would act right you know he was basically looking for he was trying to figure out human nature and he and he, mm. he decided that basically the original sin of humanity was to create private property rights you know individual private property
1: rights okay i can see that i see where you're going with that
0: yeah you and having you wanted- a- yeah, he wanted to collectivize the ownership which you know he, he, he theorized that the state would no longer exist you know after after uh, the means of productions was passed down to the community but what ended up happening was was the collective you know or the collective ownership did not work out like uh, farmers uh, were murdered Private property owner farmers were murdered, uh, and the collective took over. And a lot of them didn't know how to how to farm, so a lot of people died of starvation. Like you, you just got to look at like Soviet Union and, and uh, Maoist China and North Korea for excellent examples of, of how this worked out. But uh, back to what I was saying, that uh, that yeah, we have a cultural Marxist society and. And, you know, uh, there's been this push for collective ownership and in order to collect to owner or to collect ownership, the state has to has to first gradually abolish private property rights. And they're not doing it outright. They're doing it through taxation. You know, they're starting, you know, the uh, the progressive income tax from 1913 was actually one of the uh, it was actually an idea that came from Karl Marx from a Communist Manifesto so yeah yeah so it's it's the progressive income tax is a way of taking money from people like from their paychecks and redistributing it collectivizing the funds and over you know at, when it first came out they said Oh, well only the rich are gonna be taxed or are gonna their incomes are gonna be taxed. No no working class people or middle class people are gonna are gonna have to pay this tax. And but that didn't end up happening. They you know, everyone started paying income tax. Would you say and, that's
1: what happened in Venezuela?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, they, they they completely abolished private property rights over there.
1: Can you describe to the listeners you know what, what what's going on over there and how, how that came into fruition
0: yes uh they had a uh a, a democratic socialist uh they well what happened was the the venezuelans they voted for democratic socialism which it's is when when the, the state owns the means of productions or the means of production
1: would you say it's the equivalent of, of voting for Bernie Sanders? Because you, you said yes. he was running as a socialist.
0: Yes. Yeah, it, Yeah. a lot of people uh, would, would say that that's not equivalent, but I would. Because you're just basically voting for the people who are going to take control of the means of production. You know, that's what democratic socialism is. But... What ends up happening under democratic socialism is the whole system goes bankrupt. And, you know, there's anarchy because people don't have food or anything like or, or any all the basic necessities. So, uh, so the state has to uh, take more control of everything. It usually turns into despotism, a military dictatorship or whatever. And that's what happened over
1: there. So do you feel like that, that could happen over here or what, what's the next step for our government? Where, where do you feel like we're heading in our direction?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a difficult question, but I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, I, I, I predict that the trend towards more federal or more centralized power is going to continue. That The state's going to keep gaining more and more power and because people aren't really paying attention, it's really because they, they can't because they're working all day. They don't have enough time to to sit down and and look at everything the government's been doing because they're doing a lot. But, yeah, I I, I predict that it's going to it's going to keep getting worse and worse until the system goes completely bankrupt and it falls apart.
1: So what, is, shut- what are some of the things that are going on right now that the government's doing?
0: Well, they're spending trillions of dollars every year of money that, that people are earning, that they're working for, and they're being taxed for, and they're... Re-
1: hey, man, what happened? I think it's very ironic. We're talking about what the government's up to, and the audio cuts off. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to keep on going. So you said, you said, what is the government doing? You, you were just getting started, too. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh no! The
0: state, the state is, is spending trillions of dollars every year. Uh, they're spying on American citizens.
1: What are they spending these trillions on, exactly?
0: Uh, I, well, tr- uh, about one trillion dollars goes missing from the from the uh, from the public. Uh, funds every year and nobody knows where it's going Ooh. and you know most most of the money spent goes to social security and like medicare medicaid uh the rest some a lot of it goes to military you know other it goes to like roads and shit like that but most of the shit we don't need you know we don't need an empire around the world uh, we don't We don't need government insured health care, you know because really, what they're doing is is government is inherently wasteful, and everything that it touches becomes more expensive. So the reason why we see uh, we see prices of health care go up so or you know so much is because the government got involved with Medicare and Medicaid a long time ago. Well, that's why everything costs so much and they can justify what would be the alternative? free market free market uh, free market principles get the government out of everything that it's, it was never intended to, to get into you know if you look at Europe a lot some people will say that they love their healthcare system and some say that they hate it it's like over here with with government-insured health care some people say that they like obamacare and uh, a lot of people over here hate it
1: you know, how does this free market be regulated exactly
0: <laughs> oh no it doesn't need regulation uh it, well it would be regulated by the state government, if anything, and local government. You know, if, if a doctor uh, engages in malpractice, uh, then then they're, they're uh, going to get punished for it. You know, and they can sue. And if people get hurt, you know, from a doctor's malpractice, they can sue. You know, that's, that's about it. But the, the free market, it regulates itself. For the most part, you know, if people if a doctor is doing something stupid, then people are going to quit going to that doctor and that doctor is going to go out of business. So because of that, he has a moral obligation out of self-interest to do a good job and to offer lower prices than his competitors.
1: That's how a free market I just feel like with the internet, it's easier for a free market to thrive because not everything's getting exposed so quickly. So, if someone does really have good service, we're work of a review-based society. A lot of times, we'll go check the reviews or something before we see it, whether it's a movie or a restaurant. We'll check the reviews and we'll, we'll go off of a community-based opinion. So, I, I can see a free market thriving in, in, in that aspect. Um, but I do agree, agree that you know, state-run or local level. Um, observers still kind of there because especially with doctors you know you want to make sure that they they went through the proper training you know before you engage but at the same time you know you are right you know back in the day um you used to have um um natural doctors you know the natural shamans or are, are people that healed just with they're doctors of no license they weren't run by the government they are just natural healers so, you know, people can tell whether, you know, someone's good at what they do or what you know, whether not. So the free market could regulate itself. So, you know, it could it could go both ways. You wouldn't know unless we observed it. But the thing is now that with such a large population, there's such a larger ratio of of how these things are coming to fruition, you know, you, you can have a lot more um, probability of something occurring. But I still feel like on a grander scale, if you really Look at the magnitude of it. It, it still would um, be able to be successful. So I think I think you're all right. Federal government. It it is making everything a lot more.